we were discussing yesterday was the idea that a person has enormous potential to achieve his mission in this world and the scary thing about it all is if the potential would be open and visible for all of us to see so then a person would have a much clearer sense of what he has to offer the world the problem is it's very deep beneath our persona and the greatest that we can achieve is not visible to the eye and as a result we could very easily land up defeating our great selves in a life of mediocrity and never ever have ever been never being aware of the fact that we actually have greatness deep inside ourselves um, one of the ways that we fall into the trap of, of mediocrity and that which is beneath it and one of the ways we achieve greatness is ironically through one of the one of the most prevalent methods that we deal with the whole time and that is anger anger is a middle which uh, is is something that it's hard to find a person that at some levels not struggling with it even the people who don't show open displays of anger sometimes it's translates into passive aggressive aggression and other times it's turned inwards and becomes depression but anger is something which is very prevalent in in our lives I'd like to explore a little bit how this meta works and see where it can take us and assist us in going a little bit further with our own spiritual development. But before I do that, because after all, I haven't said anything yet, let's get a question from Jeremy on something that I haven't said. Why would anger turned inwards become depression? Um, okay, that's, that's a great question. We're going to discuss shortly about anger and how anger is a response to being in a framework which um, anger 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 is a, in, in, is 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 a l about uh, anger we will discuss anger is about my response to the way that I function in my environment. Um, every person has a, a framework in with, within which they exist. Different frameworks and in different times of our life, the frameworks change. A person going to school, the primary framework during the waking hours of his day is taken up in his school, and that creates a, a system for him. He's in that system. Um, we'll explore later that anger is a response to a system which I feel is in control of me and... I want to get out of it. When there's something on top of me, get get out of it or get, get out of the system. Meaning as follows: When there's something in which I feel to be in control of me, a pressing down, pressing down on me, that I'm trying to escape. The response is anger. An example. An example. We can do this. From, from the practical to the emotional to the intellectual from the practical I want to go and see this person in this office now because I have a tight schedule and I don't want to waste my time um, there are three people in front of me and I'm waiting for my turn patiently a fourth person comes and cuts the line and stands in front of me. 
often the response to be the, the response will be anger because why? Because the system that's now being imposed on me is a system whereby others who haven't been waiting in line can randomly come in and take my place. So I don't want to be part of that system that's now being imposed on me. So what I do is I try to break out of that system. Now I can break out of that system either directly by taking the person in front of me and gently removing him by the scruff of his collar. Um, that's if I turn it outwards. What I can do is turn it inwards whereby I don't express that anger. So I turn it inwards and that turning it inwards creates a sense of powerlessness inside of myself. I want to break out and I'm not breaking out so I feel like I can't break out. The feeling of depression is a tolda of a meda called um, atlus or atzvus. It's a <coughs> meda of inactivity. So when I turn anger inside, so what I'm doing is I'm confirming on a psychological level my inability to do. So when I turn it inwards, it creates, it, it becomes depression, which is I can't do anything. I'm inactive, I can't do anything. When I, when I let my anger go out, then it becomes full-blown anger. So people deal with the inconsistency between what they want their lives to be, what they want things to, how they want things to operate, and the way they operate in different ways. Sometimes they burst out anger. If they don't burst out, and they pull it inside, so it can become depression. They feel that there's this oppressive thing on top of them that they can't get rid of, and therefore they become inactive. Yes? So often a person can have the, the initial stimulus, catalyst of anger, but instead of it becoming rage, it becomes depression. No? No, you look giving me that. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. Good, good, good. I'm concentrating. Okay. So that, that, that but let's, let's go, that kind of will, hopefully we'll get there. Let's start, before, let's start in the Pasuk of Shlomo Melech, that he says in Sefer Mishnah, Erech apayim rav tvuna, ukotza ruach, meri mi veles. Erech means a person, it's very interesting. Anger is always associated with deep breaths. Erech means a long breath. A man who's, in other words, Erech is a synonym for being patient, the opposite of anger. But the literal words mean that you're breathing deeply. You're taking in breaths in long, you're not <laughs> panting. So we refer to anger by the solution. We refer to anger by one of its physical manifestations, but perhaps there's something deeper in there as well. Okay? We're going to see, he's going to put it across, but be patient. Erechapaim Rav Tvuna. Erechapaim, a person who's patient, Rav Tvuna. Tvuna is understanding, and Rav is a lot. He has a lot of understanding, he has wisdom. The Kotzaruch, a person who's Kotzaruch, the opposite, he's short winded. <laughs> He doesn't breathe deeply, in other words, he's impatient. Kotzeruch is impatient. Meiri Mivelis. It causes the foolishness to rise up. So, says the Maharal, that when Shlomo Melech gave us his guidance, he wanted to give across the fact that a person that's not predisposed towards getting angry, in whichever form it takes, whether it takes the form of open rage, whether it becomes passive aggression, whether it becomes a person tutting to himself or expressing himself in strange gesticulations and body movements. You've seen those people that when things don't go their way, they, 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 they borderline between fury where they scream at the person and they, they manifest their rage 
and uh, when they turn inside and they just swallow it, they start to do things which are not directed in any particular direction. <coughs> you know, they're kind of like, the anger comes out, but it doesn't come out at anyone. It just comes out in, in jerky movements and clenched fists and strained faces. And you know what I'm saying. So, so, Toiv, so Shreman wants to tell us that when a person has the ability to control his anger so he's, got, he's wiser now what's the relationship between wisdom and patience one would think that wisdom is a attribute of the intellect and patience is a midder of the heart how do those two come together there's another pasuk which Shlomo Melech says in Kohelet, which Ecclesiastes echoes this point. He says, yanuach, and anger in the bosom of fools does it rest. So again, the notion is, if you're angry, you are stupid. If you're patient, you're clever. Again, you measure intelligence based on a person's propensity towards anger. There are many people who are clever, they are angry, many people are stupid, who are patient. Vos mentos take. Jeremy. Maybe the natural inclination is to be angry and to overcome your natural inclination you have to be clever. So I think he's going to take a slightly different path. And he says the following thing. <coughs> we'll have to work hard on understanding these words, but let's, yeah, I don't know if you're open to try it. Would you like to? It's not going to be easy, but let's give it a bash. He says, anger is a reaction. It's a response. It's something which impacts you on an emotional level. Anything which is an emotional reaction to a given stimulus lives in the world of the material. It's the world of Gashmis. It's the world of the Geshem. In other words, things change only. Change is a function of the natural physical world. And anger makes you change. Your blood pressure rises. Um, the, the, the way you move your body is altered. The way your thoughts start racing through your mind is different. So, that's called hispilus. It makes an impact on you. It makes an emotional impression. Hispilus is an emotional impression. Since anger is that which causes you to be emotionally impressed, emotionally altered, that inconsistency of behavior is a function of the natural world, of the physical world. Aksil is the opposite. A fool is the opposite of seichel, of understanding, of wisdom. And because anger functions on a level of the material, emotionally responsive world, their seichel has no role to play. Seichel is the understanding which doesn't go down into the subjectivity of the given situation. It doesn't get sucked into the heat of the moment. Seichel is that which is above. It understands. It doesn't change. <coughs> it, it's consistent. It has a certain boundary of when it's applicable, applicable and when it's not. This, for example, 
the seichel would be the idea of seichel. An idea is the idea that um, simple idea. Bikurchaylim. Bikurchaylim is is a principle that is based on Chesed. That if a person is unwell, we should seek to offer them assistance and to give them a helping hand emotionally and physically when they when they can't do it themselves. That, that's something which is that seichel. That's seichel. Understand the idea is the seichel dika idea. If I'm prone to anger, so uh, that idea and my present frame of mind could conflict radically. For example, the idea exists outside space and time, meaning that idea is true today, it's true yesterday, it's true tomorrow. It doesn't change. Whereas when I'm emotionally involved, so right now if I'm upset with the person who's sick, so I won't go visit him. So what I've done when I've become upset with him is I've compromised the seichel for the regesh. I've compromised the world of values and ideas for the world of emotional response. The world of emotional response is the world of the physical. It's a world of um, it's a world of subjectivity. It's a world which is limited by space and time. When I respond to a situation with anger. Benjamin. When I respond to a situation with anger, it's very much a function of where I am now and what's happening to me in this place. It's a function of space and time. I don't like the fact that you're doing this to me. In that moment, I become affected. And my perspective of those around me is shifted. And my perspective of myself is shifted. And everything is shifted. After the anger subsides, so then I look at people different, I look at myself different, I look at the situation different. So my emotional world is always in flux. I can't really ever get an accurate handle on what's going on because my emotions come and go the whole time. And every time my emotions change, my perspective on people and my being change as well. That means that's a lack of seichel. Seichel says this is what it is. Emotions say, this is how I feel. Right now, I feel this way. Now, what is it? It doesn't interest me what it is. This is how I feel. Kais is a function of the emotional world. The emotional world is the physical world. It's a world which, which is very strongly linked to space and time. How I feel in this moment, at this time, in this place. And therefore, if a person compromises his Seichel for an experiential effect that the moment has on him so then he loses it he loses his seichel he can't function on an intellectual level on a rational level when he's compelled to act emotionally through his anger I hope I'm not making any of you upset or frustrated by this perhaps long discussion it is my intention though <laughs> a classroom experiment and I'm not being clear I'm trying to I'm trying to grasp ideas myself as we speak. But are you getting a general sense of where I'm going? It's not really. Go on, speak, Alex. I mean, it sounds like you want to have a disconnect. I mean, that doesn't sound right, though. I, that you, you, you want to have a disconnect from your emotions. Because the second you connect to the emotions, you're connecting to the physical world. And 
it's the physical world is you know somewhat deceiving. Okay, so, uh, let, 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 let's put it this way. Let's put, let's like kind of contrast the even the the, the expressions of long breath and deep a uh, long quick breath and deep breath. Okay, um, when a person breathes deeply, so the breath is my immediate interaction with life force. The way I the way I get more life is I breathe it in. Oxygen makes me live. My most immediate and constant connection to sustaining my life is through my breath. In other words, breath and life are, are very closely interlinked. When people stop breathing, if they do it for long enough, they die. If you want to see if a person is dead or alive, you, you, see, you put your head, are they breathing? If they're not breathing, so the chances are they, they, they're not so well. People don't generally go around not breathing for a very long time unless they Unless you're David, unless you're David Blaine. I have no idea what David Blaine is. He held his breath for a long time. There you go. Okay. So, and if you, even if you're David Blaine, like when it gets like 15, 20 minutes, and then you, you either stop breathing or you don't ever stop breathing again. Um, so breath is our immediate interaction with life. It could be that there's something over here that the way that you process life is reflected in the way you breathe. In other words, let's envision breath as the way I take in the units of life. And every breath is a, is a different unit of life. Now I can have units of life which range in their quality and quantity. So if I breathe in quickly, so I'm taking in life in short bite chunk sizes. Which means that the way I'm grasping life through my breath is life happens now and now and now and now and now and now. There's no perspective. There's no depth. There's no vision. It's life is this very moment and it's not beyond this moment. The notion of a deep breath is I realize that life stretches ahead and has stretched from behind. Specifically stretching ahead when you take in the long breath and you breathe it out. It could be even that breathing in is like you're taking in and breathing out is you expelling, you're taking out. But you're trying to create, you're trying to create this continuum. Life isn't happening now and now is everything and in a second time will be a new now which will be something completely different rather there's a continuum in the way I function it, it goes from one point way way ahead and then it keeps on going and it keeps on going and it keeps on going and keeps on going and life has its perspective the difference often between Seichel and Regish is Seichel sees where things going whereas Regish the emotions see what's here presently it's reflected in your breath. When a person is a long-breathed person, both in the metaphor and in the reality, it means he doesn't get involved in the heat of the moment, in the, in the, the rush of this particular point in time. He sees that beyond this event, there's another event, and there's another one, and there's another one, and therefore he acts with the entire vision of what's happened and what will happen in his mind at the same time. That's a little bit transcendent. Anger is the ultimate anti-transcendence. It's I'm here and this is everything. So that's why in anger you'll do things which you'll regret afterwards. Because you say, if only I would have thought ahead, I never would have said those words, done those things, made those mistakes. But because at that moment all I saw was now and right now I want to hit you in the face. So that becomes everything that's a part of my reality. Whereas when a person is deep-breathed, 
That means he sees what's going to happen now. See, this person is right now. He's causing me to feel upset. He's opposing what I want. And if I say this, so he'll be upset with me, which will happen tomorrow, and it could be a ruin of the relationship. So you see what will be, what will be, what will be, and you see that you know if this person is right now doing something which doesn't exactly please me, in the bigger picture, it's actually going to make very very little significant difference in my life and therefore there's no need to respond in other words it's almost as if the perspective of long-term perspective versus the short-term perspective in the long-term perspective most things which people are angered about are tiny little invisible glitches in a person's lifestyle which actually in the bigger picture are absolutely insignificant whereas if you see life through short breaths so right now this governs your entire entire um your entire your entire field of vision and therefore you have to do something and you have to do it now so you start to get the feeling that Erech which is this long breath approach to life is seichaldic it's rational it takes into consideration all the factors whereas anger is the foolish approach to life it's an approach to life which 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 engages which indulges in short-sightedness in momentary reactions which have no foresight it's the ultimate stupidity Jeremy so you're saying <coughs> basically life is ups and downs and if you're seeing the long long picture big picture you're seeing like you're just going you're like everything's everything's going like it's, it's you see it flat almost or I mean like in co- hopefully increasing but if you're if you look really in you're gonna see ups and downs but those ups and downs don't really matter Correct, but if you in a, if you in that if you only see that moment, it's huge. If you see the perspective, it's tiny. Like when you're in that down, like that's right. It, it looks gigantic. It looks. I can't overcome it. That's where I am right now, but I mean, you're gonna go back up, or that's not that's not really relevant. Let's go back to the Misra Pnim. You're in the Misra Pnim, right? Now the truth is, however long you're in the Misra Pnim, you're not going to be there for like 26 years. You can, you could you could be that you'll be there for a couple of hours. Maybe less, maybe more. A couple of times. A couple of times. So for let's a couple say hours. For a couple of hours. So let's say you have to go back to Misrata Pnim six times. And every time you go there, it's for six hours. So you're talking about a total of 12 hours. Wait, oh, you said two times. You only have to go two times? Six times, two hours. Wait. I think how many hours did you say? 12 hours. You said two hours each time. Two hours, six times. Yeah, okay. Yeah? Six times two. One second. You're the math expert. So... It's, it's 12 hours, right? It's 12 hours. Now, in, this, in, in the bigger picture of my life, let's say in 20 years' time, how significant will those 12 hours that I spent in the Mishra Rapnim be? But if you could have spent 10 of those hours studying Torah... Excellent. So now you... That's supposed to be a huge excellent. effect. Excellent. I mean, you every minute of Torah is okay. big. So, so excellent. So excellent. So now... Beautiful. So now we have to understand there's another sugya. The one sugya is how significance is in the bigger picture. The other sugya is how to deal with the fact that this system is not the way it should be. Things should be otherwise. In other words, the one sugya in class is seeing the bigger picture. The other sugya in class is seeing is there meaning to things going wrong. You following me? Let's say for example Let's have an example, and we're going to explore these ideas, but just to give an introduction. Let's say, for example, um, you, had, you had some type of way of picking up on your, on your extremely advanced piece of technology there in that very, very elegant leather cover. You, you had a way of picking up some messages from Shemaim. And 
Tuesday morning you meant to go to Mizrael Apnim. So you managed to pick up this whole email that the heavenly system was sending to one another. They picked it in the spiritual email system. And it says, okay, today is the day to test Jeremy. Um, we're going to send him to Mizrael Apnim. We're going to put him with, uh, with Tzipora, who's going to be in an exceptionally bad mood. And she's going to say to him randomly that even though it's not true, because the second time he's coming back and he's brought every single document, including his certificate of merit that he received from his nursery school teacher, um, and he's got it all, he's, like, he's actually he's hired someone to help him transport the stuff. It comes in this massive <laughs> cask that he's taken up to Mr. Alapnim, and he gets to Tipper, and she's going to say to him, where are, is your parents? college graduation certificate <laughs> and uh, you say but I don't know you needed that and she's going to not even respond to you she's just going to tut and the test for Jeremy will be to be able to still hold his composure and not to not to be affected by her response but that, I should, that, that's going I to should be still have a reaction that's going to be the test be that's going to be the test in Shemaim for Jeremy today but I mean, I should have a proper reaction, but I should still have a reaction. I shouldn't fly off the handle and start screaming at her, but I should still so there, now we have to be a victim. Good. So right? now we have to understand, if you believe in Ashkocha Pratis, that Kosh is guiding every situation, so that's also going to be a major component of anger, that things don't happen by coincidence, and everything which happens to me is meant to happen to me. Does that mean I have to become a wet rag? Or does it mean I have to respond with a cause and effect kind of response? That's going to be a sugya. So we're just starting to explore the sugya of anger. And the first point that we've made, fortunately we've run out of time, is that there's a difference between taking in the units of life in tiny little gasps of air and taking in the units of life in big, long, deep breaths. When you perform the latter, so then you start to see how anger is really something which can be distanced from me simply by the way I view the here and now or do I see the future as well? One is called Seichel, one is called a lack thereof, to be explored further. Thank you for your rapt attention. One more comment from Jeremy. Yes, there are other people in this year. There are two uh, unique categories, though. When, you, when you're going, going up against someone else, like Israel Pelin, that they, like, they have free will, and you have free will, like the interaction. We'll discuss the free will thing. Don't harp on the free will thing. Everything will be discussed. I mean, Whatever you say, Jay. What does Rach mean? What does Rach mean? Yeah, so Rach. What does Rach mean? Soft.